Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Welcome to Season 3. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to Carbon Decoy. Check it out. All right. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking to Casey, Earl, and Jared of Carbon Decoy. How are you guys doing? Good. Yeah, good, man. Awesome, How you guys Thanks doing? for having us. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, thanks for being on. Uh, I was so glad I got to see you guys at uh, FuzzFest this year. That was very cool. Tons cool. of heavy riffs. The, your set was fantastic. I loved uh, that you guys were on the side stage, you know, where everybody kind of just gathers around. It's kind of Earl's thing, yeah. He, he wants to put it like a rider out that says we only play on the floor. I, yeah, <laughs> play on the floor is where it's at, you know. <laughs> it was so cool because everybody could be like right there with you guys, you know. You could yeah. either stand by Casey while he's beating the shit out of the drums or, you know, watch Earl get crazy or watch Jerry get crazy with the bass. Oh, so, yeah, it was very cool, man. So, uh, with, my, my head stuck. Jared's a shoegazer. We don't move, right? <laughs> So I, I'm curious, like, uh, how did you guys get together? How did the, how did Carbon Decoy come to be? In this basement? Yeah, in this basement. Nice. It really um, just started out as like a recording project between me and jared and we needed somebody to play guitar on the track <laughs> and didn't i see like earl and casey weren't you guys in another band unknown crow or something yeah yeah vocals and vocals and rhythm and earl played lead which i mean carbon decoy is similar to that only i sweat a little bit more now <laughs> yeah so had you guys, had you guys known each other like for a while or um me and Casey had pretty much known each other our whole lives. Like we went kindergarten. Oh shit. Until, we've known each other from kindergarten until now. Yeah. Like nice. So and then yeah, obviously Casey and Earl played in Unknown Crow together and uh and I kinda had met Earl just from being friends with those guys and uh Yeah. It was like uh love at first sight, you know what I'm saying? Like we spoke <laughs> Smoked a joint and got we like found the same music that we liked or whatever and then like it was Casey and Jared doing a recording thing and like they said they asked me to come over and play guitar on like one track and it you know how you know how it goes you just you were yeah. lay down the track or whatever and then okay let's let's fucking jam you know and then it starts sounding good and then you get a call back <laughs> and you're like all right I'm in excellent so we told him no the first time. <laughs> We actually told him no many times. Yeah, we told we we just kept telling him like, "Hey, we're just doing some recording. We're just you know messing around, writing yeah. songs." Yeah. And finally, it's like, "All right, dude, if you really want to be that bad, <laughs> I, I weaseled my way into this one pretty good." <laughs> no. Jared made a Facebook account, and then we were an official band. Yeah. <laughs> Earl was yeah. even in the band. We were not an official band. We were on social media, and not we had zero songs. Yeah, we, just, we were just point. jamming in my basement, and Casey was like, "Carbon Decoy would be a cool band name," and I'm like, "That's our band name." <laughs> nice. So, is that how it, uh, it does it mean anything, or just come up with it and said that's cool? Like a play on words, like uh, <clears throat> what is that phrase? Carbon copy. Well, well, the phrase. Uh, what is it? Cellar door. It's like the perfect amount of syllables. And it's almost like how Unknown Crow came about, too. It's just cool groups of words put together. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know what carbon decoy means. <laughs> it means heavy ass music now. I guess so. Yeah, hell yeah. And speaking of the music, um, I mean, I've got my own thoughts about the music you guys make, but what do you guys think of the style that you play? How, where do you think it fits in, uh, if it fits into any kind of genres? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> One minute, I think we sound like a doom band, and the next minute, I'm like, oh, we're just a garage rock band. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't. We're a garage doom. We're all over the place. <laughs> There definitely seems to be some kind of jazzy elements, and maybe it's the way that Earl plays guitar. I'm not sure, but it does feel <laughs> kind of like this. I, I don't know. Uh, like you guys are struggling with it as well. It's hard to describe. It's just like, I, I don't know. I, I, and it's, uh, to me, like Krat Rock influence, which holds a lot of like jazz undertones and uh, monotonous beats and monotonous riffs that, you know. Yeah don't really seem to go anywhere at the moment, but when the band comes together on a downbeat, then we're a unit again and get back into, like, it's like a trance, dude. Sometimes I'll just be riffing and then I'll hear some ambient shit from Casey and I'm like, oh, he's cueing the band right now. Okay, so cool. then we'll, we'll transition. We know how a how song starts and ends and then uh, it just depends how we're feeling. If there's the people are feeling it, you'll probably get like a, 10 or 11 minute the prowl you know <laughs> what what may have been like a three minute tune when you guys are working it up and in, in the basement turns into the 12 minute epic yeah yeah it definitely did some of our songs definitely did turn into yeah. like 10 minute songs <laughs> awesome. you know when the drummer tells me to exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what i like about playing the drums is i get to dictate everything really <laughs> You know, me and him, me and Earl can stop, but it's like Casey's still banging on the phone. We're gonna have to start making some noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have to continue this. <laughs> so, uh, you know, fans with bands isn't just me asking questions. It's also an opportunity for fans. Uh, and I see Alexis is on, and then there's iPhone with parentheses two. iPhone two. iPhone two. What are? iPhone two. Are you there? Just our girlfriends, probably iPhone 2, you think, is Alex? I don't know, maybe. Uh, well, neither one of is is Todd. Oh. It's Ranger Todd, sorry. Oh, what up, Todd? Todd? <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> so, so, Todd, do you got any questions for these guys? Oh, no, I just want to know how this, you know, I've been, you know, following you guys. How'd the studio go? I joined a little late, didn't know if you uh, already talked about it. Oh, yeah. Really anticipating the, uh, the new stuff. Perfect timing. Yeah, we uh, we spent a Friday through Sunday at uh, Temper Mill Studios in Ferndale. Nice. And uh, we uh, we basically got a eight song, thirty nine minute album that wow. we're gonna release once we can uh, scrounge up the money to release it. You know, we got we paid for the recording. Now we got to do the next part. So yeah, if anybody out there, anybody out there that's listening. Um, Go buy some merch or something so we can do this. Yeah, no kidding. There you or, go. Or because uh, we we uh, we're thinking about taking the winter off, but it's looking like the winter is getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Man, well, we gotta get money. <laughs> so, uh, what was the experience like for you guys at Temper Mill? Um, did you come in there with like eight songs ready to rock and just laid them down, or was it like, hey, we've 
got some parts, but we're going to redo things. Well, what was that experience like for you guys? We had a lot of them that were already like written and ready to go. There was only probably maybe one or two of them that we had to work on, but actually went a lot better than we expected. Yeah, for real. And then there's also, you know, lyric lyrics that need cases to be that, like, we get their cases like i got zero lyrics <laughs> a, lot the, a lot of the lyrics were written kind of on the spot one of the songs i wrote it sitting out in the uh, parking lot smoking a cigarette so really? I mean, yeah awesome i thought like it went good the lyrics, like, the lyrics are the the last part of, of a carbon decoy song it's yeah like, um, yeah yeah it was definitely i, I probably drank like I felt like Forrest Yonk because within the whole time we were recording in the studio, we maybe ate like two things and I probably drank like 30 cups of coffee. <laughs> and wired, he dude. was wired. I had my mixes up super loud and like in the cans. So I'd like lay overdubs and I'd come in the booth and everybody's just sitting oh, yeah. there quiet, like pondering. And I'm like, Jared, what the He's hell? He's yelling, man. Like I'm coming like, at me. No one's saying anything. Like, yeah. Like, everything is like, you got to chill, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock at night. Show, yeah. You know, we've been in here for 12 hours and it's 10 at night. Like, that was really, <laughs> really cool and really, really good. Don't shout in my face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, it was uh, beautiful, dude. It was awesome. Being, especially uh, Loretta Lynn, like Jack White. Yeah. Yeah, we were in a, in good company being with um, Dave Feeney at Temper Mill and then our uh, – Good Engin friend, engineer, uh, the, the wizard Eric uh, Malushnik. Mush. Mush, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's a badass. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. He's cool. Uh, Dave Feeney, he, doesn't he play steel guitar? Yeah. yeah he, uh, he's got a Grammy, man. He's, yeah. Yeah, no, he's a, just a, the man. Yeah. He said he, he, likes, uh, he likes Earl's guitar sound. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Excellent. That's fantastic. Yeah, the studio is cool. It was my first time in a studio like that, so I had a, I had a great time. These guys had done it before. Yeah, yeah. We Earl and I we went down to Bloomington. We recorded at uh, Russian Recording. Okay. And that was a really cool experience. But this this time around, this studio is had a whole different feel. You know, nice. this time around we did we tracked all of our instruments together: bass, drums, guitar, and then after we finished all that, then we went back through. Uh, did overdubs with guitar and then did the overdubs with vocals. So it kind of had a, it felt more like a professional studio experience. Yeah. And so when you guys are, uh, the music, when um, you basically, we're, we're all live together. Yeah. For yeah. the basic yeah. tracking. Yeah. Yeah. And were you in one room or separate rooms? Just yeah, all one room. We had amps isolated though. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, the drums so, are fucking loud as hell. <laughs> it was nice, though. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Great experience. Very cool. Look forward to hearing that. We'll go back. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was awesome. So, what's the what's the uh, songwriting process like for you guys? You, we kind of touched on it a little bit with, you know, we know Casey's in charge as far as how long the song's going to be, but <laughs> but what's it? What is the process like? Do you guys like just get together and jam, or does somebody come in and say, "Hey, man, I've got all this stuff," and run it past the rest of you, and then everybody goes, "Yeah, it looks good," or tweak a little things here and there? How's that work? 
of a mixture of all of that, really. I mean, sometimes Earl will show up with a with a guitar riff, or sometimes Jared will have a riff. But a majority of the time, it is just us getting together, jamming. Yeah, the majority of our songs are are for sure uh, born out of jams. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then you know, we'll all right. This part, we got this riff that we came up with while jamming. All right, let's come up with another riff that sounds cool if we mix them two together. And now we got a song. Yeah. And you guys, probably why our songs are ten minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So kind of, you know, we're a, a doom jam band with kraut rock and yeah, garage rock and, and jazz. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I was wondering um, when you were talking about like the, the length of some of the tunes and how they evolved. It almost sounds like you guys are into doing like improvisation when you're when you're working on your music. Do you? You feel that you have to like now that you've got a, a recording that you got to stay true to that like going forward, or are you just like this is the this is what we did here in the studio today, and then you know next summer when you're playing somebody hears that song it might be different. Very much, I think it could easily be different. Yeah, like it just depends on you know like like Casey was saying, or I don't know who was saying, maybe it was you that was saying, like, <laughs> you're feeling it, you just don't stop like. Yeah, if I'm on a if I'm on like a stage that's like six feet high, and I feel like I'm gonna break my neck, and like my shit's not working, <laughs> three people there, and one of them's the sound guy, and he's already pissed because he has to use some effects on his vocals, and we're not getting paid now because my pedals are fucking shorting out or something. And I'm probably gonna cut the song we're short. Keep short. <laughs> you know, if we're playing to like a nice little crowd at a club that's you know got cheap paths and everybody's feeling it then fuck yeah i think the songs will run like eight nine minutes long cool. it really just depends on on like uh jared touched on just the, the crowd really i mean we we'll, we play a song called speed that's like a minute 30 <laughs> you know but we also play a song called the prowl that like is like one of the jammy ones that could be last like, like eight minutes long yeah. you know nice yeah it also depends on our how long our slot is too yeah right right if we know we've only got a 30 minute slot it's like all right we don't really have time to to jam so don't even yeah consider yeah. It. yeah so yeah and set times too like if we have a set time then we've we i mean i've been in a band where i was like a bystander when it came to set times like <laughs> like my singer like i get to a Barry's not watching this, but Barry, I love you to death. <laughs> we, I would get, to, we would, when we first started the band, we had like maybe 30 minutes of material and I'd show up to a gig and he'd be like, listen, buddy, uh, the bass player's not here. That keyboard player we were scouting out is going to play bass tonight. Um, and we got to play two hours. <laughs> Do you know any Bob Seeger? <laughs> and yeah so like this band i really appreciate that like if we've if we're slotted for 30 minutes and so what you're saying is minutes. you really had to work on your night moves yeah <laughs> my improv was pretty freaking good after playing with that band for so long but yeah one of the uh, things that'll probably be more consistent now is definitely going to be the lyrics now that they're all written <laughs> before, yeah, before it was just that. me making shit up Oh really? So at Fuzzfest, when you were playing, you were just kind of like free, you know, free form. So yeah, for the past uh, 
pretty much half the summer, a lot of the songs that were uh, just free versed, like just working on different what fits together. Yeah. You know, the melody kind of catches on, but then when it comes to actual words, but what I noticed though, it's like when you go and watch a show at like a bar or something, you can barely even hear what the singer's saying anyway. Right. Yeah. It gives you a good time to come up with random shit. (laughs) Yeah. Figure Um, out what works and figure out what doesn't. Right. Right. Exactly. So I like to like get into the, origin stories for you guys and part of that is about like what either who or what influenced you to want to play music like was a particular person or a band uh, something that the person that influenced me to want to play music was casey when he showed up at my house with a van full of gear and said hey we're gonna jam i'm gonna play the drums and you're gonna play the bass <laughs> seriously his arm. yeah but no but no i'll tell you <laughs> Like he he knew like we knew each other and we you know he knew I he knew I played bass a little bit so it was kind of like yeah let's get together and jam nice but as far as like I don't know like influences like what what artists you know made me want to play music yeah I'll have to I'm gonna pass I'm gonna think about it okay um I don't know my we didn't have any musicians in my family or anything we were pretty musical um as in just we just like all types of music but yeah. as far as anybody putting like like throwing a guitar at me and being like you want to check it out like you know i went to my buddy rusty's house he's like my uncle and like they were like in the kitchen and look over and there's like this fucking airline guitar on the side and i'm like dude that's fucking badass let me check it out and he showed me like some chords or whatever but he's like dude you take that home with you and just keep it and i'm oh, like wow. Like fucking, you can let me have this. I'm like, I can have it. Yeah, sorry, cool. Man. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, dude, take it. And then after that, we would just link up and play music together, and then it just grew from that. He still lives down the road from me, honestly. Oh, cool. That's yeah, awesome. We, yeah, we meet up for the uh, annual Porsche Juby every time I see him. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah that's my uh, uncle Rusty. Very cool. Uh, Casey, how about you? Well, I've had a lot of. Uh, childhood music influence. My uncle, uh, he actually plays drums and he sings at the same time. Oh, That's not where I got the whole idea to do that. I think me having to sing and play drums was just out of necessity. Yeah, but he's yeah, the only so... one that can sing, so <laughs> right. you just happen to play drums also. Right, but yeah, so uh, my uncle, he's always played drums and sang in various different bands. Uh, my other uncle, he was a a guitarist and songwriter and he passed away at a young age but he had a lot of uh, cassette tapes and stuff that he recorded and my dad always kept those around so when we were kids we'd listen to that stuff and it kind of made it a little bit more uh, personal knowing that like oh that was you know somebody just sitting in their kitchen recording that yeah it's like hearing a, a diy you know little punk band you know you listen to something like that and you think oh well i can do that easily yeah. So my brother and I, we had always been uh, pretty much playing guitar side by side for years, you know, listening to the classics, Led Zeppelin in the doors, bouncing off the walls, going nuts, cranking the stereo up. Our dad was pretty open to letting us uh, play music as loud as we want. So when we got electric guitars, he was all for it. Oh, that's cool. 
crank it up. Excellent. So, and then that just turned into having jam sessions and trying to figure out how to play music. You know, being a 12, 13 year old kid, everybody sucks, but yeah, back to that you got the opportunity to make noise. Yeah. And you got to start somewhere. So. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Sure. Awesome. So Jared, did you think of oh man your musical well, influence yeah besides I mean, casey besides casey i mean <laughs> kind of the same as these guys it's just you know um like my my friends that i grew up playing or we didn't really have any we were all from pretty small towns and uh there's not a lot else to do and actually um my best friend's mom is on this on this chat right now oh cool Plus, be loud as hell in the basement, do whatever we wanted. And, you know, so he, me and him and our other buddy would get together and, you know, just be loud. And so it kind of just has always been something that, uh, was just something to do, something for me and my friends to do. Cool. Awesome. Well, we've got a few more people that have joined. So you mentioned there's Sween mom and there's yeah. Maya. Uh, hello everybody. And there's also somebody with the number five one seven nine one seven. 4973 and I muted you because there was some background there but does anybody on here have any questions for these guys and no that is a, that's a hard no which is fine <laughs> I want to throw it out there they're actually um plants we we told you <laughs> Yeah. You, you can just set your phone off in the other room, but <laughs> right. Yeah. We've got some fans here. Damn it. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, um, kind of along that lines of like, we were talking about people that influenced you and Casey, you started to get mentioned a little bit, but I was wondering what, what was the first album cassette CD uh, that you bought? The first, the first one that I bought. Yeah. Well, with my own money, we went to Walmart. And I bought the Pink Floyd, The Wall Live, the double CD. Nice. In my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> then I had to go back the next week because we'd always just go and pick out random shit. But, uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix, Axis Bold is Love, that was probably one of the top, you know, that album art. Because yeah. I, I love art just as much as I love music. So anytime that art and music, you know, that whole psychedelic, stuff collides you know that's jimmy hendrix axis bowl's love is probably like one of the biggest influences nice and it wasn't even the fact that i was like oh i want to play guitar just as great as jimmy hendrix because you know that's nearly impossible but it was the aspect that you know he used sounds like a paintbrush you know yeah back and the crazy noises and just the expressionism yeah. I thought greatest greatest part about music right there. Awesome. Great no rules. Yeah. Hell yeah. Earl, how about you? Um, what format are we talking? Are we talking records? Are we talking at, about CDs? At, at the very first one. So it, it, since you're a young child, uh, that was probably like CDs. So <laughs> yeah, I can't honestly though, I can't remember because no, it was a download. Yeah, like, download, yeah, I was gonna say, it was yeah, like Pirate Bay download. It's probably like uh, Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice, or something like that. Was my first pirated song. Nice. <laughs> but, but I remember I went to um, 
this yard sale outside of Homer, Homer, Michigan. And I bought two, I bought a handful of records, but two of them that I still have. And I was like, dude, fucking 11. I didn't even have a, I didn't even have a record player. (laughs) Yeah. So I, so I took these records to my grandma's house and the two that I have, I remember the first playthrough vividly because I thought the first one sucked. It was the Rolling Stones, High Tide and Green Grass. <laughs> and like the first song on the record is like, as tears go by. And it's like, oh, I sit. And everybody that I've talked to, I only hung out with old people, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're like, you gotta listen to the Rolling Stones, man. Right. So I, I was like, shh. I sit and watch the tears go by. I was like, fucking turn that off. So the next one <laughs> that I put on, like Casey said, it was artwork that drew me to it. I didn't have any words on it, and it turned out being Zeppelin Four. Oh, cool! So I turned that on, and it was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this is way better. So that one. So I would say High Tides and Green Grass, which I, I end up liking record. that. Yeah, I, I end up liking my record, like maturing on it, and yeah, sometimes it, it happens. It's a yeah, like I said, I was like. 11 or 12 but i instantly knew zeppelin was fucking awesome nice uh jared how about you i think the first cd i ever bought was um foreigner's greatest hits <laughs> nice that's actually you know uh foreigners got well you know some of their hits i can't stand you know the the later years like i've been waiting yeah, yeah. you know fuck that but you know, um, you, you just cocktail music. Yeah, you can't beat a, the ripping saxophone on Urgent. <laughs> you know? Yes. Oh, um, yes. But, uh, more for, like, actually, you know, a lot, my whole musical journey has basically been influenced by Casey. Like, the first real music I would ever get to hear I'm flattered. would be, I'm at Casey's house. What White Stripes album was it? Um, White Blood Cells? Either that one or I think what what which one had ball and a biscuit on it? Elephant. Elephant. Yeah. I, mean, I think it was elephant actually. Um, but you know, Casey's like, dude, you got to check out the white stripes. And you know, I'd been to his house and we'd listened to Led Zeppelin and we watched the film, you know, uh Last Days because obviously Nirvana, you know, Kurt yeah. Cobain. And uh so yeah, basically um the only time I finally started listening to to good music was when I started hanging out with Casey even. <laughs> all the good stuff. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, my mom had one of those catalogs. What was that catalog called? Where you could like uh, mail order CDs. You pay like Oh, right. Money. Yeah. Um, Columbia House. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. We got everything. Yeah. <laughs> Scan through it. I'm like, oh, that one looks cool. Yep. Oh, so, like, yeah. Entire discography of like Nirvana or entire discography of Led Zeppelin. So. I think that's how everybody jump started their collections, no matter, you know, either where there was records or cassettes or CDs, they got into that club and then, you know, ordered a bunch of shit and never paid for it, you know, and then yeah, just, <laughs> just constantly boosting records. That's yeah. what my mom did now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, because it says like 13 for a penny and then they loop you in where they start sending you shit and it's like, you know, 25 bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't sleep on Foreigner's Greatest Hits. <laughs> so uh, it looks like Sween Mom had a question for you guys. Who's your favorite guitarist? 
And I'm going to guess. Uh, who, who she uh, is. I, I'm going to throw it across to all three of you. Earl, since you're a guitar player, you can start us off on Dude, this. Dude, I can't even respect like this. <laughs> well, my favorite guitar player is just because his like uh, guitar sounds like a pissed off cat in an alleyway and like every song. So like you're exactly like so my mom was super into the doors so yeah. I was always listening to the doors and Robbie Krieger has like for me the one of the most distinctive guitar tones I mean especially like on when the music's over the opening like crescendo mm -hmm. no that's just fucking I want my fuzz tone to sound like that <laughs> me Robbie Krieger is like not the best guitar player but he's my definitely my favorite guitar player if I had to pick one awesome cool um so we can bounce around you can either do guitar player or you can do your instrument so drum or bass so uh who wants to go next oh if, if there's gonna be like any kind of drummer that's like the all-time favorite drummer it's definitely fucking john bonham oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. dave girl's not watching this <laughs> earl don't like dave girl has got some sort of dave issue Grohl with dave is Grohl. fucking good though but you can't get to dave girl unless you have john bonham yeah. You know? yeah, like my drum set, a lot of the, the sizes of my drums that I have, I'm like, well, if it worked for Bonham, then it's got to be. It's going to work. It's going <laughs> to fucking work. So I got a six inch marching band bass drum. Nice. A 14 inch trash drum that I fucking salvaged and steel, steel snare drum, the Peisty cymbals. Nice. Uh, yeah. Cool. Bonham. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Bonham. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jared, how about you? I don't know. <laughs> Gabriel's not my favorite bass player. No. <laughs> my favorite bass player is probably, oh man, probably Geezer Butler. Nice. Maybe Lemmy. Both, I mean, really hard to choose between both of those guys. They're both like in your face, like yeah. bass players. Yeah. And both are iconic in different styles too, right? Yeah, because yeah. Lemmy's just more straight at forward, like yeah, you know, fist like a, to the face. Right. He played bass like a like he was playing guitar in a punk rock band. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, like Overkill, that song, you know, it's like holy shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, because he like cranked his his Marshall stacks. They were like while they're fucking guitar amps, you know. He yeah. Them up like it was like he was playing through like an electric guitar. Yeah. But then I love Geezer, you know, because that to me, I mean, as much as I love the riffs of Tony Aomi, uh, yeah. I think I if you guitar. didn't have if you didn't have Geezer Butler in that band, it Black Sabbath wouldn't have been as good, I don't think. Well, yeah, because he's the oh, one that wrote the lyrics. Yeah. Oh, that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, so uh, Maya has a question, and that is, what is your favorite song to play and why? Mine's definitely Snake Eyes because it makes me literally want to baseball bat swing my face through Casey's kick drum. <laughs> Don't do that. They're expensive. <laughs> yeah, we got a song called Snake Eyes. It'll be on the album when it releases. And it's one of our kind of like slower, lighter songs, you think. And then it just kind of breaks down and gets nasty. And I love it. <clears throat> Excellent uh earl how about you um 
plan to pick a song to play live. Play the Prowl because it's the last song we play a lot. Like my last song, I'm pretty tired. <laughs> but this song gets me hype again, and it makes uh, me want to dance. I guess. Nice. And that's it, and it's super jammy. It's one like like it's one of those songs that could be five minutes, could be twelve. It's it's a yeah, it's a hat sauce. But you can always bet your ass that Casey's gonna extend the jam at the end. Yeah, <laughs> the song. The song ends, and then Casey will will play it from other. The song doesn't even end anymore. Like I, I just know I'm like, no, we're. Doing we might that. just play a show where we just do that one song. <laughs> if we have a 20 minute set. We could probably get away with that. <laughs> cool. That'd be awesome. It would be like watching Earthless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. think Velvet Underground did that one time too. They just played one song, and it was like two chords. Oh God, you'd have to be really fucked up to be able to watch that, though. Yeah. <laughs> No, as far as like the whole uh, extended jams, um, I think my favorite song that we still play is Atomic Number Six, and that was pretty much one of the first songs that, that we wrote. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That Melancholy. Oh, that one. Yeah, I like. But Atomic Number Six. That's because that, well, that's the first song that uh, we had Earl record guitar on when we were oh. doing the demos. Mm-hmm. But that song really took shape and formed into something completely different really i mean same structure but man it once we started playing it out it kind of took on a whole new form nice excellent and it's fast as shit yeah it's fast song yeah so if you guys could go anywhere in the world to play a show um where would you like to go play and who would you like to be you know like on the bill with I don't, I don't know. Clue. I like playing in Detroit, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's a better place to play. Yeah. We have a great time every time we go down there. I can't say if I've I've never been anywhere else, really. Well, I have, but not anywhere else in the world. But Detroit definitely has some of the best, like, as far as music scenes and, like, the fans and the, like, everybody's just really open. Yeah. 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 It's so welcoming, welcoming, dude. Like, it's a great place for music. Detroit's one of those places that if you start, like, you'll be outside smoking or something, right? And then you'll hear the music playing. Obviously, my instinct is to go in, too. But so a lot of places, people will just be like, oh, I'm going to you know, continue to smoke cigarettes out here or whatever. In Detroit, when a band starts playing, the, the cigarettes are out and everybody heads in. Everybody's and, at the stage. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Everybody's fucking there for the music. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. For sure. But, yeah, we definitely got open arms in detroit yeah special shout out to uh some frank 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 woodman, frank woodman ben finn for micah nikki from flamingo Van. Yeah. Ranger todd ranger, ranger todd, todd. Yeah. he was there in the beginning yeah awesome um, yep. shane. Well, yeah shane yeah shane yeah so if you were playing in detroit who would you like to be on the bill with and it could be anybody. This could be like doesn't have to be a local band. It could be like we're playing one of the biggest shows in Detroit this year. So in a week and a half. <laughs> That's right. That's if I awesome. had to build the Detroit show, um, we would be the openers. We would we would op- we would open up for Timmy's organism organism, yeah. organism, and then Timmy's organism would open up for the Gories. Or oh, like, awesome. Or the gories are interchangeable with like the dirt bombs or something, you know. I think yeah. I would do the same, but my headlining band would probably be Negative Approach. 
Oh, cool. Awesome. The, uh, the dead weather again. I that wish I cool, wish yeah. they would get back together and make another record because I think that's that, my favorite. That genre. lineup is the shit. Yeah, dead weather's the shit. Yeah. Quaid on drums, Alison Ma- Mossart on vocals, basically the recontours, Alison Mossart. But yeah, that whole, I think that's some of the best shit that that whole outfit did. Nice. It'd be cool to play a show with them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it would fit in with them actually quite well. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you would too. I think yeah. that would work out really well. It would be a good draw. I'd have to take, I'd have to get a 28 inch kick drum. <laughs> space and be like look at mine's bigger than yours <laughs> oh man <laughs> massive kick drum in that band as well so speaking of uh concerts uh what was the very first concert you guys went to my very first concert we went to kenny chesney you went to kenny chesney yep. really your grandma wow. took you didn't she my grandma took me we saw kenny chesney and bricks and dunn nice <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know Beneath what? The neon moon, wasn't it? Not as, you know the what, Chuck? Honestly, not a single fucking regret. I had a, t- I had a hell of a time. I, I, I yeah. Like a couple sips of beer here and there. You know what I'm saying? I, I believe I found a disposable camera there. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the ground, so I was acting all sketchy about it and like hit it. And then my grandma found it and was like, "Where'd you get this?" And then come to find out, there wasn't even any film in it. They had like pried the back open. Oh. And they put it in their better camera. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> Nice. Awesome. I don't even recall my I first recall show I've ever been to because I, I honestly think that I've probably like started playing shows and like being a part of shows than I, you know, before I actually even went to one. That's not something it's like to go to a show, you had to have reliable transportation. Yeah. And, and that's something I never had as a kid. Well, I had someone for transportation but not reliable enough to go to a bigger city to watch a show right right i just remember sitting there and watching these guys and thinking okay so like every concert venue is gonna be just people sitting down in chairs (laughs) 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 and and, and drinking like extremely small expensive beers like (laughs) so uh let's switch it over then to what, what was the best concert you've seen the ocs at by, yeah by far hands down i wasn't at that show that was a fucking badass show dude it, i cannot stress how cool it was to be that close to god with like two polaroids strapped around your neck but <laughs> yeah if you go to his instagram page you'll probably find some of the pictures of the ocs yep. at that show awesome Anton over yep he was there nice. that's the best show i've ever seen yeah that was insane john dwyer smoked a cigarette in no club yeah. <laughs> the feeling was fucking sweating there's yeah. a lot of fucking people in there when, and when was that it was last year wasn't it last so year? 19th oh, yeah. yep last year yeah cool very cool i think my yeah. favorite show that i've seen is uh i saw pixies a couple of years ago i don't remember at, in grand rapids at 20 Monroe live nice that was a really really cool show the pixies the pixies kick ass I like yeah that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, speaking of uh, Polaroids, I, I know I've seen the Polaroid pictures on your uh, on the website. So, how did how did that all come about? Is that Earl? That's or Earl Casey, yeah, yeah. A lot of yeah. 
Jared, well, that's how yeah, Earl weaseled himself into the band. Is first <laughs> yeah. showing the up photographer, you know, having pictures of us. It's like, all right, that's, man, cool, thanks. That's always an in. Is like you have like to me, it was Polaroids were cool. Yeah, taking pictures were cool. And I always thought it was because my grandma took pictures, and she'd always had like a giant tub of like pictures of like random shit, like a dog in the yard, or like my grandpa eating a sandwich or some shit. <laughs> And I think that that is, yeah, I mean, if something gets rarer, the more rare it becomes, it becomes an art, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, you can't, I mean, I'm sure you can somewhere, but I can't just go into my house and grab a big tub of super old pictures. Yep. But, you know, I'm going to make sure that my son can, you know, like, yeah. grab a tub of super old pictures and see, like, him grow up, you know, in pictures and do it. How many Polaroid so pictures, exposed Polaroid pictures do you have? Easily over a thousand. Easily. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, That's he's super cool. Single-handedly funding Polaroid. Yeah. <laughs> Send this guy some free film. Polaroid. Yeah. Yeah. No shit, man. Jeez. I mean, seriously, that is super cool because like you, like you said, Earl, that doesn't happen anymore. Nobody has like um, a bunch of exposed film uh, photos like, yeah. like I grew up with and clearly you had from your grandma, but that you can go through it's all digital it's on somebody's phone somebody's gonna find it on their fucking phone even me you know I, I i'm completely digital i got some shit printed you know there's a couple of pictures behind me but most of it's all on my computer that goes away it's gone but you've got a tub of photos yeah i'd actually i'd like to get into actually working like processing in a dark room because i've developed my own film and i've done all that and i've scanned it you know mm -hmm pictures and develop it and scan it but i'd actually like to process it like enlarge the photographs i think that'd be sweet yeah that would be i mean i did it like when i was in seventh grade we had like a photography class i oh, tried awesome. to get my art teacher to fucking let me do it but he said no it's too expensive we can't afford it we had a whole dark room and everything all the chemicals literally everything they did it for like three years or four years or something and then everything went digital but they had a whole dark room filled with stuff Oh, I tried man. to get him to let me do it, and he wasn't having it. Everything. I know that there are some photographers still out there. I mean, film's still around. There's a brand new app now where it's all dedicated to all film photography. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, there's a question from uh, Alexis that says, Allie asks, why are you guys so cool, and why do you make cool music? <laughs> Allie, you know... <laughs> If I was half as cool as you, we'd already be playing internationally. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah. Allie is just the, How'd you say cool, the coolest. <laughs> she sounds like the number one fan for Carbon Decoy. She is. She really is. Fan. She's like, she loans me all of her gear. Yeah. Like <laughs> the riffs, actually, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, he hasn't admitted it yet, but. <laughs> Yeah, she. We have a deal that like I can use her gear as long as I keep fresh strings on it and shit. So. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Ellie's stone cold too, man. Like she's just this. Yeah, she's serious. She's tough. Yeah, and she's just this tough little kid. It's like, <laughs> she just walked up to me one time, looked me dead in the face, said, "My bubby, my bubby could knock you out cold." <laughs> she's she's, she's hard no chill, man. Like she's she'll let you know how it is. Like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, we were in the uh, laundromat one time, and I'm going to tell you this story real quick, but it's funny as hell. Homer has this little rundown laundromat, like two washers, two dryers, and there's like a wall of 14 of them. Anyways, long story short, 
me, Allie, and my nephew Remington and his mom, we were all in the laundromat. We're the only people in the laundromat. This guy walks in. He's got a fucking eye patch on it. He walks all the way. He's like scoping out what's being used, right? Well, Allie, no filter, so it goes, Allie, I know you're watching this and you know this is true. <laughs> and I love you for it. It's really fun. But it's not. <laughs> hey, man, what's wrong with your eye? Something like that. And Remy, dude, without any hesitation, goes like, yeah, are you a pirate? <laughs> And like, dude, the guy walked out like, damn kid. Just like yeah. ruined his whole fucking yeah, yeah. Damn kid. Uh, oh, it was man. the cutest thing ever, though. But at the same time, I did have to have a talk with like. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, that Allie's awesome. the coolest. We're, she's way cooler than us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy. So, um, when's what? Do you guys get well? I guess you don't really, but I'm going to ask anyway. General target date for when you think the album will be out for, for us all to enjoy? Probably, realistically, um, late spring, early summer. Okay, cool. Depending on how long it takes to, for the record pressing plants. To, yeah, you know, we, sure. we're going to do a vinyl release. Um, oh, you are? Really? There another, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so awesome. I'll definitely be looking for that. That'll be fantastic. I know there was a huge like setback, like time, like the whole time of actually from the point you sent it in to the point where you got it, it was like six months or eight months at one point. Because yeah. the demand of it was so high and it because everything shut down because of COVID. Yeah. Took almost I, a year to get a record. Yeah, I think it has gotten better because I know that I've ordered some new releases and ordered the vinyl and it wasn't like eight months out but it's still quite a i think it was marcus king i just got his oh, um, nice. and that was not that you know not a huge setback but it's he's also marcus 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 king so maybe he gets a some kind of yeah yeah well that's part of the problem is that there yeah, are some people that can get so an many. ass load of vinyl leaving yeah. no vinyl for us right right yeah. well so, those big record companies they'll just buy up like a whole they're like I, we want to buy a whole year's worth of your time Right. Yeah. You know? And there's like no indie bands or no independent record labels can even get in on them. Yeah. Well, hopefully it won't be that long, but um, I'll be yeah. looking forward to that in the oh, yeah. spring or summer. That'd be great. I'd say that if you want to enjoy the album, just come to a show because we're yeah. going to play what we play on the album at the show. Yep. And then it'd be way better than what's on. I mean, I don't know. The album is, the album is uh, you know, it's going to be way better if you just come. Everybody's biased, but there's nothing like the vibe of a show. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, for sure. You know, so just come, come see us play because we're broke and we need money. <laughs> buy a shirt. Buy a yeah, shirt. Buy a shirt. Hang um, out and enjoy the music. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Like, we want to, we want to see you, man. Give you us a say? cigarette because we can't afford to pay for them or something. Yeah, but I'll give them to you guys. <laughs> give Jared smoke a joint me. Yeah, I'll um, give her all my cigarettes. Honestly, but yeah, you know, awesome. I'm show, I guess. But well, guys, thanks so much for being on Fans with Bands. I've just got one last question for you guys. It's the controversial question. You probably know it already, and that is pineapple or no pineapple on pizza. Oh, I eat fucking pineapple on pizza all the time because I have to. You really like <laughs> yeah. it. You, do. you have to. What do you yeah. mean? Well, that's the only thing my girlfriend likes to order. <laughs> <laughs> 
Pineapple and bacon. All right. Pineapple and bacon is solid. And throw jalapeno on it, and that's a gourmet dish. Oh, you put jalapenos on anything. Bacon, jalapeno, pineapple, rock solid. I'm a 100% believer in pineapple. Yeah, I'll eat pineapple on pizza. Yeah. Awesome. Earl? Pineapple's got to be on. Like, that's like my number one topping. I'll get, I will die on that hill that pineapple goes on pizza. Nice. Nice. Well, you know, I've heard that, you know, the, the combo of the, pineapple and jalapeno many times and i've yet to have it so i gotta I, it sounds like i gotta try it sweet oh, yeah, man. it's good so, it's really good let me just i just want to clarify something though so here's <laughs> the thing with pineapple that goes on pizza the pineapple has to be dry before they fucking put it on a pizza if that yes. shit isn't dry then it ruins it i think that's where people yeah, i do like agree it. with that you know i mean yeah. and then it yeah. cooks onto the pizza it's it's it is gross you gotta make it with fresh dry pineapple yep all yeah. right, all right. A pro tip from uh, from Casey on pineapple on pizza. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks a lot, and hope to see you soon in a sh- yeah. at a show. Um, yeah, thanks for having us on your uh, little. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for thanks yeah. for being on. Yeah. Yeah, our cool. next confirmed gig is uh, February. What's no, not? Our next confirmed gig. gig is October 22nd at the Masonic Temple no, in Detroit. I mean, next year. Theater Bazaar. Theater Bazaar. The, okay, this, yeah, Theater Bazaar. The next show that you can buy tickets to is what, the Pyramid Scheme we'll show? Be, yeah, we have only, we've only got one booked for next year so far, but it's at the Pyramid Scheme in Grand Rapids. Check it out. A lot of other cool bands playing. Fantastic. Uh, our friends Ficus invited us up, so we're st- stoked to go to Grand Rapids and jam with them. Cool. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks All a lot. Right. Thank Have a great night, man. Thank everybody. you. Yeah, cheers. Thanks to Casey, Earl, Jared, Todd, and Alexis for joining me on this episode of Fans with Bands. I love the chaotic garage rock of Carbon Decoy. It was most awesome to get a chance to learn about how the band got together and their plans for more music and shows in the future. Dig into Carbon Decoy's latest release, Carbon Decoy Live, at Dogtown Studios, which you can stream on Spotify or download a copy from Bandcamp. See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industry, such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams.